live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Welcome Hello. to our season finale of Live Brunch. Oh, and yeah. Hopefully, we will get rid of that awful intro music. I like it. You say live, live Brunch. brunch. Like, I guess in your head. Live I did not Brunch. Live Brunch. I think it's brilliant. I think we're keeping that. And yeah, so you've got to the end of our story series. So the whole set is being changed. We've got quite an exciting new set for next week. There have mm. been requests to get, well, requests by one individual to get rid of this yellow table, which I think is quite iconic. So if you think we should stick with the yellow table, oh, yeah. drop it in the comments. Hashtag that is how we work. Save the yellow table. <laughs> and start a campaign to keep... Whatever people want, that's table. what we give them. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, another superb job with uh, closing our teaching series on story. Yeah. Hope made known. Mm. Um, do you want to do a quick summary of, uh, not the series, but... This sum that you just read. Yeah, I think, I mean, the whole, the whole series is about transformation, the way in which God um, brings about change in our lives. And so this, this um, message was kind of about sort of a forward-looking message that God changes us, not just for the sake of it or not just so it's a nice thing, but actually because he's got plans and purposes for our lives to, to walk into. And so this message about uh, purpose, the fact, you know, taking from the story of where God sort of is with his people and they're journeying towards the promised land, which they still don't get to even as we uh, finish Exodus. But the whole, we, that helps us to understand that the transformation that's happened before is preparing them for their destiny in God. So it's a lot uh, about destiny, the, the fact that God has got plans and purposes for our lives as well. Jesus has freed us and saved us and forgiven us and transformed us uh, so that we can follow him through life. And there's opportunities, things, the ways that he wants to bless us by being a blessing to others and to follow him in the, the small things as well as the big things uh, in life. And um, yeah, so that, that's what, kind of what this message was about. Shall I do uh, the questions that I've got? I was thinking we should do those uh, small group questions at the end. All right. We land the show. Let's do that. Thank you, Matt. Um, purpose. Um, I'm re- I've, I've recently bought um, Barack Obama's volume one of his presidential memo is A Promised Land. It is phenomenal. Right. I'm really enjoying it. It's quite a remarkable story. It, it talks about quite an unremarkable young man with nothing going for him. Um, nothing, no political, fam- no political clout. Not born into a famous political fam- family. Yeah. Not wealthy. Doesn't seem to be like a genius intellectually. Just quite a normal guy. Mm. And yet his rise to becoming the president of the um, of America, which is sorry if that's a spoiler alert. If you've been living under a rock for the past <laughs> eight years, uh, I'm, I'm, on years the, I'm on the bit where he is, is standing for state senate senator. Right. It's, it's just a remarkable story. So I, I'm plugging the book. Thank you. Mr. Obama, I hope you enjoy my endorsement of your book. He's an avid follower of this. Uh, he he does he does show. he does mention it now. He got a retweet, but it, it's so fascinating. It quite where well, he he talks about how in his uh, in his college days he starts uh, in some ways finding his purpose and and getting involved with uh, civil rights uh, movements and, and, and action on obviously a much smaller level and just getting so. Um, caught up into that and but i guess my question is counter to that so we we can 
portray the big stories of yeah. uh, the Barack Obamas and suddenly expect that everybody's the next yeah. Barack Obama, which, yeah. which yeah. more yeah. often yeah. than not yeah. might not be the case. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of counterbalance talking about purpose, uh, especially for, for Christians, uh, people who are watching this, with the stark reality that you might just live a mediocre life? Well, it's... Yeah, good question. I think one of the things that we uh, understand when we read the Bible is that God's priorities and what God deems as success um, is often very different to us. And um, often in, in the society that we live in, what is celebrated most of all is people who are powerful, people who are wealthy, people who are, um, you know, have amazing talent and, um, you know, geniuses and that sort of thing. Those are the people that get attention and un well, in one sense, understandably so. But you look through the story of the Bible and God is constantly uh, taking people who are failures who messed things up, who didn't have many much discernible talent, um, and writing great epic stories with them. And what we see is that what God most prizes is not you know, power and wealth and success and talent, it's faithfulness, you know, and um, someone who is um, willing to um, pursue what God prioritizes in terms of goodness and faithfulness. You know, the, the Bible values things like self-control and um, uh, faith and, and courage and um, trust, trust in God. And those are things that um, we can take hold of in whatever we're doing, whether, whether we're raising a family, whether we're doing a terrible job that is just menial and we just hate but actually the perspective that God's story brings to it is actually you know the way in which I do this job actually reflects on God. like God is interested in that whether you're you know cl cleaning the floors or whether you're state senator or whatever it is and uh, I kind of suggest that you're a state <laughs> senator there but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah as Barack Obama, yeah. <laughs> as um, but I guess do you, how do you hold the two intention, faithfulness and purpose? There's something about when you do talk about purpose, we could, in, I guess, get misguided by the fact that there's something much better that's there for us somewhere out there in the near future or in the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm really living for that thing. And the menial task that I've got to do now, being faithful in these tasks, kind of means no, doesn't mean a lot because I've got something much bigger than what I'm doing at the moment. How do you hold those two intention? Well, I, I probably, I would suggest even not holding them in tension. I would just, <laughs> maybe this is more from a personal point, point of view, but I think, um, you know, uh, what God's purpose is what God has put in front of you right now. Like none of, none of us, I mean, sometimes we have, we have things maybe that God's spoken prophetically to us about what might happen in the future. That's all. But that is rare. That is not the, that is not the most common way of thinking about our lives. But some, somehow it's, it's, it's more, it seems to us more exciting to think about, oh, God's got a great destiny. It's going to happen in 10 years. But actually what, what I see when I read the Bible is that God is much more interested in, in us walking in the plans that he has for us today. And um, one of the verses that, that comes to mind is you know humble yourself under the might hand of God like humble yourself do what he's calling you to do now and at the right time he'll raise you up 
and he he will if he wants to give you if you're faithful in the small things he'll give you um you know opportunity so like part of following god's story for our lives is trusting god for that bit not sort of planning too much in detail about what the 10 years times can be like God is the author here. God is the one that it takes a hold of our lives and takes us to those places. And, and we can spend so much of our time worrying about that and thinking about that and think, have we missed it? Have I missed the will of God for my life? Have I missed my destiny? That sort of thing. No, no. Follow God today. <laughs> and seek first his kingdom. He'll take care of everything else. And I think that's one of the aspects of it. I guess the other side to that question is, um, am I playing safe? and being too comfortable and not stepping out into what could be God's purposes and plans for me. I, I guess personally I'm asking the question because I feel like I'm in a really comfortable stage in life um, by God's grace. Um, not ever taking that for granted. I have a job that I, I, I love. Yeah. Uh, financially, we're doing all right. I live in the middle of Brighton. Everything is going really well <laughs> for me in this moment. Um, when, mm-hmm. when do we start thinking about, okay, am I playing safe? Am I just being comfortable? And maybe God's got some adventure for me to go. I think if your attitude, if your attitude is to is to follow Jesus, and I think in your in your prayer life and in your day to day, you say you say, God, help me to follow you. I think God is God. You know, opens an opportunity and prompts us. And I think that's. I mean, one of the, one of the I guess the aspects of I'm talking about this purpose, and I guess the. The question is, well, how do I know what God's... How do I know yeah. how he's prompting me and that sort of thing? And that I would think, have been my next question. <laughs> yeah, so I think it ties into this. I think yeah. part of it is that, firstly, it comes from an attitude from us to be open to that, that always being, God, I'm, I'm, I want to follow you, but also that the trusting that God will speak to us at the right time and that he will... Um, present an opportunity to us or start speaking to us or we feel stirred about something particularly and that will lead us into taking a step of uh, to, to step of faith or taking a risk like you know follow following Jesus is is risky and sometimes it doesn't feel risky and sometimes there's less risk than at other times but um the walk of faith is a walk of faith and so um and again again I guess we can talk about the purposes of God in terms of like we automatically perhaps think about like doing something. Well, I'm doing this in my life right now and it feels quite safe and that sort of thing. But actually often the purpose of God is what he's doing in you. And actually even if our circumstances are not changing that much, okay, but what is actually, can I get on board with what God wants to do in my life? in my heart how is he changing my character how is the relationship i'm in that what people are speaking to me or and what can i learn from that that god is doing in me because god wants to change my heart and maybe this season about learning that and then god is going to bring another circumstance further down the road and that is going to make make more sense i guess i'm I'm talking a little bit in abstract but so let me talk about more my life this is so sometimes I, i i talk to people about my journey and, and a journey in terms of church ministry and that sort of thing is like for me i just i have i'm not a very futuristic person so take this different people have different temperaments so also. i've never asked to do anything <laughs> if you see what i mean i'm well, not very ambitious to do live brunch with me well you begged me mate <laughs> no i know that's not true i forced myself on this um but but i, I all i can say for my life is trying to do what God has put in front of you and then God just give you an opportunity, give you an opportunity. Um, 
and th- I can just say that that's what that's what's happened in my life. And um, yeah. Sorry, I was just checking to see if you had any questions. If anybody has any questions, oh, yeah. drop them uh, in the YouTube chat or the Instagram chat. Um, I think the other big thing to say is in this whole small group context and by being around other people, talking talking stuff out with people, being inspired, uh, reading Christian um, biographies and autobiographies. Hudson Taylor has got some tremendous stuff, but there's just loads of really good inspiring stuff out there, which sometimes God speaks mm-hmm. uh, through those books. One thing I found really helpful at the start uh, of lockdown, I read a book by a guy called Mark Sayers, Reappearing Church. Oh, yeah. And he shares this uh, this story in, in the introduction, and I'll read out a quote from it, uh, by a story of a guy called Douglas Hyde, who who worked was the editor of The Daily Worker, which was the newspaper of the British Communist Party, uh, and he becomes a Christian. And then he, he shares this, coming straight as it were. This, this is the quote from the book. Coming straight as it were from one world, so the British Communist Party, to another church, It astounded me that there should be people with such numbers at their disposal and with the truth on their side, going around weighed down by the thought that they were a small, beleaguered minority, carrying on some sort of impossible fight against the majority. This very concept was wrong. Psychologically, it was calamitous. And he says that Hyde had left a political movement that, even though they contained only 45,000 members, never saw it as a fragile minority. Instead, it saw it as an exciting challenge in that minority position to be leveraged. Uh, and just being reminded that the gospel that we have, the truth, the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, uh, and the church, and not seeing the church as like this little, you know, little community of, of friends that we have, but just the tremendous purpose that the church has in proclaiming the gospel to the ends of the earth. And to the ends of the earth could be the end of my street yeah. uh, for me at the moment. And just being... Um, re-energized so for me my street I live in the North Lane uh, my street is my mission field my, my neighbors to the, the house on the left of us and the house across the road from us We've, we built a friendship around that but they are my mission field uh, and they are the ones that I pray for God give me opportunities to share the gospel with them let my light let my life be be a light to them let me find those moments so I can invite them to the live stream or you know, the, the, the brilliant uh, Light in the Dark Place Christmas concert mm. production that we've got coming up. Just let that be a tool yeah. that, that they would come across and be inspired and come to know Jesus. It's, it's just realizing that, you know, we, we aren't, yes, it could feel like there's huge opposition to our message uh, and, and the gospel and some of the, the Christian beliefs. Uh, and we've all been in conversations where people have outright mocked us and ridiculed us and, and argued with us and got angry with us for some of the values that we hold on to. Um, but just reminding ourselves that no, when we've got purpose uh, and we've got Jesus. And so I found that really helpful in, in realigning my whole vision for the church and vision for what I'm doing and my purpose in life yeah, 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 connected yeah, within yeah. the church. And, and it's not just me and my solo purposes, and it's yeah, not just yeah. me and me being the next rock star or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's God's given me purpose, but the purpose is very much linked in with his church and with yeah. his kingdom, and I get to be part of, uh, yeah, just being, just the church and the gospel is, is huge. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think you can actually read the book of Acts yeah. and then like not be ambitious for God. Like that, that you just see a, a, a group of people that have been encountered the presence of Jesus, the reality of him, 
and they're ambitious for God. And I think that is, ambition will look different for different people in different seasons. Of course it will. Um, but that attitude of, no, you know, these things have held us back before, but Christ has so filled our vision that gives us confidence and ambition. And whether that's in ambition in terms of in speaking to your neighbor or starting a small group or, you know, going on a new crazy business venture or whatever, or live, just living counterculturally in your workplace, that sort of thing. Yeah. Giving in a way that it, you're saying, God, I'm, I'm giving, I'm taking myself out of that comfort zone, but I'm trusting in yeah, you. Yeah, I'm trusting yeah, that you will provide yeah. for me and, and meet my needs uh, as I give. But the other thing is, is you know, we, we would be silly not to mention this, is the whole is, is church planting mm-hmm. and just being inspired by the stories of the, the men and women who've gone out from our own church yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to plant across Europe. Uh, and even, I think we were in a prayer meeting maybe about a big Wednesday a few weeks ago where even just talking to some of the people from uh, from Emmanuel at the moment who are selling their houses and moving to Belfast mm, mm. to help serve Kenny and Nicola as, and plant a church uh, up yeah. in Belfast, yeah. which is like, extraordinary. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's people yeah. around us who yeah, are yeah. quitting their jobs or looking for jobs in Belfast, yeah, selling yeah. their homes and moving to Belfast to plant a church. And and COVID has, has also helped where some people are choosing, to, I can work from home, so I may as well work right. from Belfast okay. and working from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Brighton. So there's some extraordinary stories of people around who are just doing crazy things yeah, uh, yeah. for the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, and th- and there's 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 always purpose for us. I mean, one of the questions that I found most challenging sometimes is is what aspect of what aspect of your life actually requires faith. <laughs> like, um, and I think that's one way to possibly appraise our life. Like, what are you? How are you living that? and that really requires God to come through for you. <laughs> like if God doesn't answer your prayer, like you're just, you're going to be snookered. And I think that is the kind of life that God calls us to live. Like that's what it means to, to follow Jesus, not just Jesus as someone that we listen to sometimes, but actually that attitude of I'm going to follow Jesus, whether it's financial giving, whether it's, um, you know, taking a risk in terms of sharing the gospel or um, just living counterculturally or, um, yeah. We have a question in the chat. Oh, brilliant. Ruth Preston, our good friend Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Um, how do you choose what to spend your time doing and what to say no to? Are there any principles that govern your decision-making purpose? I guess let's narrow that down to the whole um, purpose theme. So, yeah. You, may, so, sorry, Ruth, if I'm interpreting this wrong, but I would assume that once you know your purpose, or once you have a, a clear sense of direction of where God's taking you, or some of the decisions you should be making to help facilitate that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, that's a good question. I think um, a number of things can um, help. I think, I guess with all of these things, like um, uh, I, I just I think of that, that film Chariots of Fire when yeah. the guy and he's like, when I run, run, I feel God's pleasure. And I think that is part of it. I think when we're in the purpose of God, not to say that it's necessarily we're doing the things that are easy, and there's no challenge in it, but actually we sense now when I do this thing, there seems to be a sense of fruitfulness to it, and I and I I know there's a sense of God's pleasure in me doing it, and I think that that type of thing is the thing that we should make sure we are pursuing because God's highlighting to us. It doesn't necessarily mean we should just ignore everything else, like you you know ignore your family or whatever, because I'm just doing this. This is God's purpose. No, because I think God's God's purpose is broad for us i mean i talked about how he's called me to be husband father etc that sort of thing um but s- s- sensing the things that uh, you got feel god's 
pleasure in, sensing where there is there's fruitfulness and, and prioritizing those things. Super, Matt, our time has come to an end. Oh. Um, thank you so much for being with us, Matt. And My pleasure. Uh, Needs to do some more good questions. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, I guess so. Uh, you might have more questions, <laughs> and you might, uh, and I do genuinely say that we suggest joining a small group, being a part of a small group. Definitely. Out these questions, work out these decisions. Um, in a small group context. And yes, some of the, we've got three questions oh, you for your small group. The first one is, what are the most frustrating ways in which your plans have been changed this year? As if you've not already discussed that multiple times, but why not discuss <laughs> it one more time? How do you feel about God's plans and purposes for your life? And the last question, what do you think might be the ways that God is prompting you about your purpose in him right now? And there might be some big changes, there might be some big decisions. Please speak to your small group leader or your site leader or drop Matt uh, an email. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. But thanks so much for joining us. And we're now going to play the Hawk the Herald video by the fantastic Blue Felly. Uh, so enjoy that. And we will see you next week for the season premiere of A Christmas Unlike Any Other. That's right. Well done. <laughs> see you soon. <laughs>